from the column section of the New York Times, Wind, Sun, and Fire, by Paul Krugman. So what's really at stake in this year's election? Well, among other things, the fate of the planet. Last year was the hottest on record, by a wide margin, which should, but won't, put an end to climate deniers' claims that global warming has stopped. The truth is that climate change just keeps getting scarier. It is by far the most important policy issue facing America and the world. Still, this election wouldn't have much bearing on the issue if there were no prospect of effective action against the looming catastrophe. But the situation on that front has changed drastically for the better in recent years because we're now achingly close to achieving a renewable energy revolution. What's more, getting that energy revolution wouldn't require a political revolution. All it would take are fairly modest policy changes, some of which have happened and others of which are underway. But those changes won't happen if the wrong people end up in power. To see what I'm talking about, you need to know something about the current state of climate economics, which has changed far more in recent years than most people seem to realize. Most people who think about the issue at all probably imagine that achieving a drastic reduction in greenhouse gas emissions would necessarily involve big economic sacrifices. This view is required orthodoxy on the right, where it forms a sort of second line of defense against action, just in case denial of climate science and witch hunts against climate scientists don't do the trick. For example, in the last Republican debate, Marco Rubio, the last best hope of the GOP establishment, insisted, as he has before, that a cap-and-trade program would be devastating for our economy. To find anything equivalent on the left, you have to go far out of the mainstream to activists who insist that climate change can't be fought without overthrowing capitalism. Still, my sense is that many Democrats believe that politics as usual isn't up to the task, that we need a political earthquake to make real action possible. In particular, I keep hearing that the Obama administration's environmental efforts have been so far short of what's needed as to be barely worth mentioning. But things are actually much more hopeful than that, thanks to remarkable technological progress in renewable energy. The numbers are really stunning. According to a recent report by the investment firm Lazard, the cost of electricity generation using wind power fell 61% from 2009 to 2015, while the cost of solar power fell 82%. These numbers, which are in line with other estimates, show progress at rates we normally only expect to see for information technology, and they put the cost of renewable energy into a range where it's competitive with fossil fuels. Now, there are still some issues special to renewables, in particular problems of intermittency, Consumers may want power when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine. But this issue seems to be of diminishing significance, partly thanks to improving storage technology, partly thanks to the realization that demand response, paying consumers to cut energy use during peak periods, can greatly reduce the problem. So what will it take to achieve a large-scale shift from fossil fuels to renewables, a shift to sun and wind instead of fire. Financial incentives.
and they don't have to be all that huge. Tax credits for renewables that were part of the Obama stimulus plan and were extended under the recent budget deal have done a lot to accelerate the energy revolution. The Environmental Protection Agency's Clean Power Plan, which, if implemented, will create strong incentives to move away from coal, will do much more. And none of this will require new legislation. We can have an energy revolution even if the crazies retain control of the House. Now, skeptics may point out that even if all these good things happen, they won't be enough on their own to save the planet. For one thing, we're only talking about electricity generation, which is a big part of the climate change problem, but not the whole thing. For another, we're only talking about one country when the problem is global. But I'd argue that the kind of progress now within reach could produce...